Hello, and welcome into the Facts Not Feelings podcast, powered by BZ Consultants Group, with your host, Brooke Furness. Each week, I sit down with experts in the respected fields as we discuss how we can move this wonderful automotive industry forward by differentiating facts from feelings. Our conversation explore how my guests got to where they are today and how they achieve success. All right, let's jump in. Do you find it difficult to focus on your customers and even your own employees as you're juggling numerous vendors? Do you have more meetings with vendors than you can count? And do their reports filled with technical jargon make you feel clueless and frustrated? Such is the story of Nathan. Being at a car dealership, he's concerned about his store's digital marketing presence and invests most of his time dealing with vendors to promote his business and gain more sales and market share. Nathan is busy handling reports and reviewing them, not knowing what is happening on the advertising front and about his true ROI. Poor Nathan is worried but can't figure out a solution until he found BZ Consultants Group. BZ Consultants stepped in and was able to take the digital marketing vendor burden off Nathan's plate, giving him peace of mind that the best interest of the dealer was always top of mind. Being an unbiased third party, BZ Consultants always made sure to relay the reports in easy, relatable, and actionable ways so that Nathan could best utilize the data. Now Nathan can focus on what he really wanted, the customer experience and growth. By being your digital marketing business partner, BZ Consultants Group will remove the hassle of trying to hold your vendors accountable and increase your productivity with the time you will now have armed with true data. Together, we make it possible because your success is our goal. Well, good afternoon, everybody. How is everyone doing? Welcome into another fantastic, fabulous Facts Not Feelings Friday. And to my side over here, we have the, you know, I'm trying to think of awesome alliteration here. So we're going to go dynamic diverse, whatever other D, we got to be really careful on the D words here before I get kicked off the channel here, Dave, because you know my mouth and I would get kicked off my own channel. I'm pretty sure at this point. Very possible. (laughs) Very, very possible knowing knowing me. So anyone that knows at this point, I have a bit of a sailor's mouth, but we're so, I'm so, so, so stoked to have you on the show today with facts, not feelings. As as you all know, and if you're new to the channel, I'm your host, Brooke Furness. And like I said, I've got Dave Foy, who is the founder of Fixed Ops Mastermind. And what are we talking about today? We are talking about the challenges of not just fixed thoughts, but in general, just about strategy, effective strategies for improving leadership and the future leaders, training, mentoring, and just honestly breaking the mold of challenging the traditional fixed op leadership strategies. So before we get in here, Dave, there's we, we have got comments rolling in like crazy, and I'm loving this. I This is I'm going to bring up some of the comments here, and then we're going to ro- roll into this a little bit here. So first and f- foremost, our, our good friend, Russell Hill, who I had the pleasure of meeting it in person, and he has an actual person, not just someone we see on our fun of digital here at Digital Dealer, and says, good off, good afternoon, all you wonderful human beings. Actually, just said humans. I added the human beings. And I love the always let's grow and uh, grow and let's go and grow. I couldn't even say it correctly. So hello to you, Russell. We got Jordan Cox, Facts Not Failings Friday, let LFG, and Jordan knows well enough that he usually would throw down that portion of it. 
And we got Russell, my main man, Dave Foy. This is this is you, isn't it? I mean, you are Dave Foy, right? It, it, he, yeah, it is. I, I met him in person. He is a real person. We've got all, we got Happy Friday coming in. We've got all, we've got Jordan, you know, we've got Ashley, Jordan saying hi to Ashley. We got all sorts of fun comments already coming in. I mean, you're already being called a stud. We haven't even started, Dave, and you're being called out as the main, the man, the myth, the legend, more or less. This is right. well, let's, let's end it here then. <laughs> we know, we'll, Mike we'll dropped there. Mike dropped there. So with that, it's not just because Dave is phenomenal. And yes, he is. He's a phenomenal human being. But what we're talking about today is, is a much needed topic. So you all know at this point, share this comment. There's someone out there that definitely needs to hear this today. It, share it with them. Get the comments. Keep them rolling. Keep them rolling. Let's get this party started. And Dave, I don't know if you happened to catch yesterday, but this is when I reached out and said, hey, you know, what is it you want to, what, what is it you are wanting to talk about? What mm -hmm. is it that's, that, that keeps you up at night? What is that? And you immediately responded back with leadership and training and, and challenging that that mold, as, as our title says today. And I just kind of smirked in the background in a good way, not in like, oh, that's a crazy topic. But what I'm finding in this 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 trend, whether it was Darrell Terrell that we had on the show earlier, or yourself, or in general, even Kaylee, like, these awesome human beings that are fixed ops related. We're just going to call it like you. Whether you want to dub yourself, I will dub yourself because you obviously when I can dub you, it's cool. It, or other people, but experts, gurus, whatever I call it. But those that start out and start looking and saying, wait a second, we we have a problem. And it's leadership, it's training, it's mentoring. And it's just like they can see this massive trend of these incredible fixed up human beings that just say, hey, we need to talk about this. And so it, it was just really cool just to see automatically picked up like we need to talk about this. So with that, let's let's get this party rock and rolling. I think we're all ready for this. Can I get an amen on that? I think we're ready for this, Dave, don't you think? Absolutely. Let's do this. Let's do all it. Right. Let's do it. So, Dave, before we start the first question, I know we have the lightning round at the very end, but start first and foremost. How did you get into this industry? Let's let's get the audience a little bit of background of how do you get in this industry? All right. You got to go in the way back machine here. 1987, I started as a, a tech for Ford. Uh, I went through Ford's asset program. It was the first program up here in the in the Northeast, and that that is where that is where I started. And four years later, uh, they kindly asked me to not work on vehicles anymore, <laughs> and uh, so I moved over to the the desk side of of the house and uh, and started my career behind the desk rather than under hoods. I love it. I it's it's so interesting to hear people's story on how they get to the industry, how it happens. So I, I love hearing that. So, all right, let's jump in the meat of this. So the first question I'm going to ask you is, what are the common challenges in fixed ops leadership? Let's start with the basics. What are those? What are those common pain points? What are the common challenges in fixed ops leaderships? Yeah, so uh, it, it, it's uh, we, we can start at the beginning there, but I'm I'm going to go a, a little bit deeper on that one and say that for the most part, the the biggest issue that I see is is too much linear thinking, and by that, what I mean is we're we're constantly using the the past to determine the future, right? And and we need to we need to use the past to to learn from, right? But then we need to leave it there, right? The the past does not determine your future. And honestly, if you're not thinking too linear, 
then your future should be determining your present, right? So you need to be able to, to go beyond where you are right now today, know where you want to be, and then come back, work backwards from there, right? If I, if I look and I say, I want to 10x my gross profit, right? If I'm going to look from today and using the past as my guide, I'm going to say, I need, I need more techs. I need more bays. I need more hours. I need more customers. I need more advisors, right? Or I can take and say, okay, well, what is 10x my gross profit, right? So if it's, if it's a hundred thousand now, then it's a million. Did I do that? Right. Did I 10x that properly? Yeah. It's a million, right? It's a Friday. We're going with that. Yeah. So if I'm at a million in gross profit, what does that look like? Right. And now if I can work from there and then come back to what I need to do, I can get out of that, that linear thinking, right? Because maybe it, maybe it isn't more tax. Maybe there is another solution that that's out there, but as long as we're going to just think on that, on that linear line, then we're never going to come up with those solutions. So I'm hoping that everyone just heard what you just said there about the linear thinking, because it's so incredibly true is that I'm always saying, you know, work backwards, work forward, but really it comes down to, are you just thinking in this, this line right here? Mm-hmm. And it, I absolutely love what you just said there. So let's take that a little a step further on that and, and go with, let's start with what strategies can be used to improve that leadership. Once you've talked about linear thinking, what traditional leadership strategies can be challenged. So how can traditional leadership strategies be challenged? And you kind of talked about, let's just dive a little bit deeper into that. Yeah. So, so if I change your question of how can traditional leadership strategies be challenged and Mm -hmm. and take out leadership and put management in there, right? Because (sighs) that is what, unfortunately, most people are doing, right? They're managing, they're not leading. Yes. Um, And so leadership, leadership is about trust and transformation. First and foremost, trusting yourself, and after that, so, so let me back up. If you're managing people, you, you, you hold your people back. You hold the team back. They can't grow if you're just managing them, right? They, they can if you are leading them and if you, if you are a true leader, right? And that's where the trust and transformation comes from. So now if I trust myself, right, I can free myself from doing some of the, the daily things, empower my team to take over those tasks which then allows me to think deeper to help transform the the team, transform the business, right? So we've got to move away from managing teams and actual and having actual leaders in our stores that that can now allow our teams to continue to grow. And you've got Russell saying here, true that managers light a fire underneath people to get them moving and leaders light a fire inside of people. And you touched a chord here that usually gets me a little, speaking of fire, a little fired up that the amount of, oh, I'm a manager. That's Mm -hmm. great that you have a title on a business card that means jack shit because Mm -hmm. you can be a manager. That does not mean you lead. And then the opposite just because you don't have manager on a business card doesn't mean that you can't lead. It's so important that we realize this in any aspect, whether that's in fixed odds, whether it's sales, whether it's in outside of, I don't care what, where you are in the world, you do not need a title to be able to lead. And you also don't need a title to be like, oh, you suck at leading. So right. I, I love that you, you 
you touched on that. It's so, 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 so true. So going on, I'll, go ahead. If, I just want to touch on, on that point that you just made there. So last night in the Celtics game, right? <laughs> yes. Where, we're making all of us fans a little bit nervous, right? And during one of the breaks or one of the timeouts, the camera showed at the bench, uh, Al Horford was sitting on the bench talking to the team, very passionately talking to the team. He's not the coach. He's not the leader, right? He's He doesn't have the, the title of manager, coach of the team, right? But he is a leader of that team. And you have the same thing within your organizations. Just because they're the service manager, service director does not necessarily mean they they are a leader. I yeah, and you you know me well enough to know that I mm-hmm. always resort resort back to sports, and it's so true. You look at you can you can also see when a coach is not a good leader, and you mm-hmm. see that the players will gravitate to said what insert any great leader, whether it, I'm always going to resort to Michael Jordan, but there's so many great leaders out there in sports to say, whether it's a Tom Brady, whether it's, and you see that they, they are the ones leading, go back and look when Tom Brady was still playing. And mm-hmm. a lot of times the coaches may not have been great. Bill Belichick, but you look at, and they, they, he is the one saying, I'm calling the plays. The amount of time that Peyton Manning would be like, the calls would come in. He's like, no, I'm not running that play. Here's the play we're running. Yeah. And so it, it's very, very true. So much of that. And we've got Jordan saying you, you manage process and you lead people, mm-hmm. Jordan and Ashley, Ashley, for some reason, your comments aren't coming in, but whatever Ashley said, apparently we're preaching it. So Ashley, I don't see your comments, but I, whatever, Ashley, we know you're saying it is gold. So we'll, we'll go with that. So let's take this a little step forth, further on, on this, what we're on, what we're talking right now. And we'll go with what strategies can be used to improve leadership slash management, because we were talking about both here and they are very, very different things in fixed ops. Yeah. So, so if we go back to the the trust and transformation, right? We, we need to be able to empower our teams uh, to, to take on additional responsibilities, right? And, and there's a, there's an entire process that, that you can use that, that I taught within my vision and values coaching course to properly empower your people. Right. Empowerment doesn't mean that I say to you, Brooke, hey, today you are in charge of the loaner car program. That's not empowerment. Oh. Right. That's 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 career. Micromanaging. <laughs> right. So there's when you properly empower your team. Right. So that they have the, the safety to, to be able to, to go and do this job and, and understand that if they make a mistake, it's just that it's a mistake. Right. That that. We, we can move on from that. We can learn from it. We move on from it. And, and that's it. So what, what, when you want to catch big fish, right, where, where do people go? They go to the ocean, right? And what type of fishing do they do in the ocean? Deep sea. Fishing, right? That's where the big fish are, right? So by empowering your team, right? You, you are now giving them some, some autonomy. You're giving them some agency in in what they do, right? And you are allowing them to now go a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper in what they do every day. They have a little bit more meaning in in what they do. They have a little more care. They have, they, they take more agency for what they are doing to help the whole organization, right? Rather than just themselves on the surface, you're going to catch the little fish, right? That's, that's the, that's all you're going to catch up there is those little fish. You want the big fish, you've got to go deeper and you need to be able to provide yourself as the leader, 
the, the time to be able to do that, to be able to go deeper. And you need to be able to provide your team the reason for them to want to go deeper, right? There has to be a return on, in, on, on attention, ROA, not ROI, ROA, return on intention. Uh, and, and they have to, to have that, that, that reason, that vision uh, to want to do more, to go deeper, to, to help the organization more. I'm going to bring up Russell's comment here one more time. Find their why. Yes. Let them know they count, they make a difference, and they matter. Mm-hmm. Allow them to make mistakes and then learn from them. We all want to feel like we are part of something bigger. And Russell, I love that you said that. This is something that I I had the pleasure of listening to Sherry Levitin. So if anyone doesn't follow Sherry Levitin, please do. She's phenomenal. She's a great speaker. She's just a phenomenal human being. It was about two years ago, I think, um, out in Napa. I heard her speak. And this is something that she not only talked about, but she had a great analogy of just like, so often we think that money motivates people. And while that's a portion of it, it's not the mm-hmm. money that motivates them. It's their why. What is actually, what does that money represent to them? Does yeah. it represent for Brooke that she wants to buy more shoes? Is it she wants to go on vacation more to show off her shoes? <laughs> or maybe the, to get it all, get really serious is that maybe it's more, they have an ailing grandparent or a spouse or a mm-hmm. whatever, and they need that money to pay bills. So maybe maybe look at your health insurance policy. Maybe that's what really is going on. So there's so many reasons, hey, they just want more time off to spend with their family and kids. So that's what it represents. But finding out their why is so important. So instead of looking at the skin level, look at the heart level. And it's so incredibly important we do that because once you do that, your your employees now know that you freaking care about them. Holy shit. Like once they know, they'll run through a wall through you. But Mm -hmm. when you just think that you're going to throw more money at them, that's not what's going to change anything, not going to change anything at all. And Peter's saying money never motivates people. It's always the why. And Peter, you're right. That's 100%. 100%. And this actually goes in right into the next question here. How can skill development, training, and mentoring improve fixed ops? Not sure why that's not up there, but that's what I'm supposed to say. (laughs) We're wrong with it. (laughs) Yeah. So so look, we, we need to train our leaders. Right. You, you can so some people have an innate ability to, to be leaders. Uh, most people do not. It, it has to be trained. It has to be learned. It has to be understood and it has to be lived. Right. So we, we cannot expect that continuing what we've done, taking the, the greatest salesperson, the greatest service advisor and going, here you go. You are the next leader of this department. Right. You are the next manager of this department and expect that they are going to do well at that, right? Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it works out. They have that innate ability. Um, but typically they, they had more, more of a competitive drive than everybody else. Right. And I'm not saying a leader doesn't need to be competitive, but they need to be a lot more cooperative than they are competitive. Right. Amen. Um, you, you still need to have drive, but you also need to have drive for the whole team to, to come with you, right? And, and so we've got to start by training the leaders that are there and also working on training the, the next level of leaders that are coming up underneath them. I could not agree more. And just got some more comments coming in here. Uh, I'm going to start with Russell here. If they leave over a couple, leave over a couple 
over a couple to a few dollars an hour more, it's probably not really the money. It's the management, not the money. I mean, perhaps a few might leave over the over that, but by and large, it's bad leadership. Peter's saying, create the culture first. And Peter, mm-hmm. I'll say to that, a lot of people will say, oh, we don't have culture. Well, then, no, you actually do. It's a shitty culture, but you've got culture. You just don't know it's bad. Ted is saying, uh, love it. Russell first asked why. Russell follows up with thank you. Can't change. Peter saying can't change by staying in staying the box, staying in the box. Mm-hmm. Jordan, people don't quit their jobs; they quit the manager. Jordan, that is one of my favorite favorite quotes. I love that one. Absolutely love that one. Uh, so moving on here, and I, we should have the graphics right here. Uh, we should. I think there was only the one mishap, but you never know. It's live here, so you know we roll we roll with it here. We are we're pretty easy going. We'll make it work either way. <laughs> that's that's for the post production, Dave. That's what there we do here. Go. So I actually, you, I think you all just got, got to see what the next question is. We're going on what are, uh, we, we did the, we did this one, we did the strategy one, right? So now we're actually going to go into what are common mistakes that fix off leaders slash managers make and how can we avoid them? Man, this is a big one. Yeah. So, so, so the, 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 the first one that, that I'm going to say they make is not understanding time management. And number two, I'll go back to empowerment. They don't properly empower their teams, mm-hmm. right? So, so they're they're just turning things over to the team and saying, "I have an empowered team." But when something goes wrong, they are not there to to. I, I used to always say to tell my team, "I'm here to provide cover fire for you," right? I'm I'm the air support. I'm there to provide cover fire from the people who may want to hurt you above you, right? <laughs> so so if I have properly empowered my team, when they make a mistake, I'm the one who is who is going to to answer for that mistake, right? Not not them. Right? That that's that that doesn't mean that does not mean that number one, I'm weak. It does not mean that for four weeks in a row the same mistake by the same person is going to be accepted. Mm-hmm. Right? That that's not what that means. But it does mean that they need to know that they are protected and they are safe to do their job, to go outside the box that Peter just talked about, right? They, yes. they've, they've got to be able to do that to and know that that you're going to have their back, right? That, that you're going to be there to help them so that they can, they can go and get better. They can make mistakes. If, if we're not making mistakes, then there is no growth happening in your dealership. There is nothing that is changing if they're not trying some different things. And that's that's the culture that you need to set up is where where it is OK. It is expected that, that we can go outside that box. We can try some different things. Some will work out great. Some will be epic failures. And that's OK, because what yes. what is happening when you're not watching? That is your culture. It's not when you're mm-hmm. hovering around and watching and micromanaging everything let them be free. Let them be who they are. And mm-hmm. then you're going to know. It don't, that's what's happening. Yep. And it really is. When, when we've all been in those spots where other you're being micromanaged to death and it's like, no, just let them be. And on the flip side, so much micromanaging happens, Dave, that I have seen people that literally freak out when you're like, just be free. You're free, <laughs> cheesy bread, free. And if no one's seen that Domino's commercial, you're like, what did she just say? Go check it out. Free cheesy bread, free Domino's. It's a hilarious commercial. Free Domino's cheesy bread, everybody. Free cheesy bread. Free cheesy bread. Free. Where's the cheesy bread? I don't know. Wait, where, where's Samantha? Yeah, where is she? You don't think she? You're free, cheesy bread. You're free. Go, go. The nineties, but. 
but really, and, and they're like, well, I need to be told everything. I'm like, no, you yeah. don't actually, you yeah. can just be you and do what you think is best. And mm-hmm. it's okay to make mistakes. That's, that's what we do is you get back up, get back up. It's okay. So hundred percent right. agree with you. So going on to the next one is with this is we're going to talk about management and motivation because that that's the, a big one is how can leaders effectively manage and motivate their team members in the fixed ops industry? And I'll say, I know we're talking fixed ops, but this is also going to go into auto industry in general. Yeah. So, so it, again, empowerment, empowerment. I'll keep using the word. The, the more you can empower, empower the team, the more that the motivation will be, will be intrinsic. It will be within them. Right. It's not going to be look, you can you can have your your training where you, you crank the music when you come in and you get everybody jumping around and doing all kinds of activities and things. That's great. That's that's motivation and motivation is fleeting. Right. That's gone within a few hours, maybe a few days of when that training ends. The, the motivation needs to, to come within. You, you mentioned the heart earlier. That's that's where it has to come from. And, and if you and if you can. Give them a reason to, to not a reason. If you can have a vision for the, for the, the, the company that is large enough to encompass the vision for their life, right? Then now they have the motivation intrinsically to want to do well because it now empowers them to go and get the, the life that they want, right? They can, Brooke can see within, within the company vision, Brooke can see more shoes, and how she gets more shoes, right? And I'd suggest probably more suitcases to pack the shoes into. Very right? true. So, so you, you can see your why within the why of the overall of the overall company. So we've we've talked about you know skill development strategies. They're going to make mistakes. We talked about motivating. So then it comes down to how can the leaders build the culture of accountability and performance in their fixed ops in their in their teams now. All right. So uh, accountability is is a word. And if if uh, if Ed Roberts is, I think he's out of the country. But if he if he was here, he would cringe like I cringe with the word accountability. Uh, uh, everybody everybody needs to be accountable for what they're supposed to do in, in in their their daily life in their jobs, right? But accountability typically in the automotive industry is somebody getting bopped on the head. For yep. doing something wrong, right? That yeah. that's that 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 is that is not the accountability that that I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, we need to be accountable for doing for doing the right thing, right? That is that's absolutely the way that you need to to live your entire life, not not just at work, right? You have to be accountable to yourself, number one, for what your actions are, and to whoever else is is uh, an interested party there, be that uh, a spouse, a child, uh, a parent, or a boss, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so how, how do we make that happen? We need to, to have everybody, first and foremost, completely understand what their role is and what the expectations are. We've been really good at leaving expectations either in the gray or in the black, Right. We never really tell them what what we wanted. Right. But we'll be we'll be very quick to to bop them on the head when mm-hmm. when we don't get what we wanted. Right. So yep. that, that's first and foremost. Let's be clear 
about what the actual expectations are. Um, being able to have a, a career path is one of the big things. Huge. Right? So automotive is afraid to give people career paths. They're afraid because what happens in a year if I can't make them a service advisor, right? Yep. So let's just not do it. Let's yeah. just, let's, if we don't open it, we we'll talk about it. We'll yeah. just put it there and it's okay if they never get there. And if they do, we'll just tell them they can't have it. Yeah, exactly. Right. So if you don't open the closet, don't worry about what's in the closet. Right. That doesn't yep. work. And we've proven it over and over and over again. <laughs> and yet there's the closet door and it's still closed. Right. So, so true. It's so true. So uh, good, good friend, Dusty Sutherland, he had a great analogy that he has the background uh, armed forces and he goes, there's no way that when we go out on a mission that we make sure we're, we're making sure we're, we're uh, Hey, everyone's packed. Your bag is checked. We check everybody, make sure. But we also knew the mission beforehand that if this person over here is not qualified for this portion of the mission, there's no way that we're sending them into battle when you're not qualified. If you're not qualified for this, we're not going to send you it. But how often do we do that in business? Oh, you know, you're, you're really good at finance. Let's put you over in service. What? What are we doing? Oh, but now you're going to fail. And once again, now we're going to punish you before you because you failed. What the hell are we doing? No, find their strengths. If their strengths are in this department and they're failing, why are they failing? Do they know the clear action plan of what they're supposed to do? Did you mm -hmm. check everything beforehand and let them know the game plan beforehand? Because if you didn't, that is on you, the leader. And, or mm -hmm. you, the manager, because as a manager, mm -hmm. you are not leading. You did not check everything beforehand and give them a clear action plan beforehand. You just sent them in the battle and was like, nah, hope you don't hit it. Step on a landmine. Good luck. Yeah. But yet we and, do that all the time. That, maybe it's just completely not the right position for that person, mm -hmm. right? Maybe they were a rock star in finance, yeah. but, but they're not great as a service advisor, no. right? They, they were, I, at, at one point I took over a store and they had a, parts manager who was, and from what I heard, because she was gone by the time I got there, was an amazing parts manager, had run had, had run the parts department at that store for seven years or something. They put her in as a service manager because they needed a service manager. And she was doing such a great job at the parts department. And in six months, she was flushed out of that dealership, right? Now, all I heard from everybody in there was unbelievable how good the parts department was when she was in there. And, and then you talk to the GM and they're like, oh, I guess couldn't do anything in service. Well, yeah, right. Because you, it, I think it was Einstein that that said you can't you can't judge a <laughs> judge a fish's ability by how it rides a bike or something like that. Yep. Right. It's I think I got that wrong, but either it way, not right. It's not right. To do with a fish riding a bike, um, <laughs> and then it doesn't fit. It is, and it's so true. Is it, but there's so many aspects to it. But once again, are you are you setting your people up for failure? And then blaming mm -hmm. them when they fail. Right. That is not on your people. That is on you, not your it people. Is. And yet too often we're so quick to be like, oh, you suck. Okay, we're going to dock your pay. We're going to fire you. And then we're just moving them on. And then they lose confidence. And it really comes down to us. Yeah. We we failed them is what happened. We failed them. Not They didn't fail us. Absolutely. So Did I, not I heard an, an analogy uh, earlier this week um, about somebody walking through the woods and they find a fence. right? And rather than just tearing that fence down, you have to ask, why is that fence there, right? Why, why, why is it there and what is going to happen if I take that fence down, 
right? And that's the, the same thing when you move a parts manager in to be a service manager or you move an advisor up to be a manager, right? That's the fence in the woods and it's there for a reason and it has a purpose. And if you move it without finding out the purpose first and finding out why that fence was put there, then you could have some other things that happen because of moving that fence that you knew nothing about. It, yes. I'm just going to say yes to that. I, very much yes to that one. We've got quite a few comments rolling in here. I'm going to throw some of these up here real quickly. Just that they, uh, Peter's saying here is we failed to design a process that everyone can follow from operations to long-time success. We've got career paths are crucial for quote-unquote accountability, which mm -hmm. we've all kind of spoke our piece on accountability. Uh, if I know there is growth at the end of blood, sweat, and tears, then I'll make sure the mission is complete and successful. The workforce of today isn't the workforce of yesterday. Amen to that. Mm -hmm. It's not just about a paycheck. They need to know the why, what is the end goal, and also celebrate the wins along the way. It can't be a constant beat. I know. And then Peter saying fish climbing a tree. Is that the Einstein one? Or is that all right? I guess all right. I, maybe that's what it was. <laughs> I've heard the I've heard both, so I'm not sure about yeah, but whatever it is, it involves a fish the fish shouldn't be doing. That we know that that much. We know it's it's something that fish shouldn't be doing, and we're judging them accordingly. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I, I'm gonna jump through some of the questions because we kind of answered them already about a leader's affecting communicating the vision. We've talked about just we've talked about already. So I'm gonna jump down to like diversity a little bit because that's another one that, that is kind of kind of out there. And so mm -hmm. How can fixed ops leaders ensure that they are creating diverse and inclusive work environment? So if, if you are creating an environment where, where people can, can thrive and feel valued, then you're really not going to have to worry about having a, a diverse and inclusive workforce because you'll have it. Typically, the, the way that, that uh, we have managed fixed ops department has, has been in a way that has driven away any women that might want to work in the field, right? Because, because you guys are smarter than to be bashed over the head day after day, the way that we treat, treated the men in this industry, right? And so you went, yeah, see, I'll go find something else to do, right? So if, if you can create a, a, an, an actual good culture, quote unquote, you will attract every person that wants to work there, right? That that's, they, they want to, they, they don't want to work there because it's a car dealership. They want to work there because they hear people talking about how great it is to work there. Mm -hmm. Love it. So also it is it's the, the comment that came up earlier about the different workforce. That being said, that's going to, this is something I know it gets talked about a ton. What is the impact of stress and burnout on fixed up team members and how can leaders address this issue? Yeah. So, so partly this is a, a career path issue. Mm -hmm. um, it, because there's stress and burnout because you don't know where you're going. You don't know if where you are is where you're going to be in 10 years. And the, the, the other uh, part of that is, again, culture and having a good culture, right? Having a, a compassionate leader. As, as, as a leader, the, the two top things that you need to be are uh, have are humility and compassion. Right from there, you can build anything that you need to, but but you need those to to be your cornerstones. Uh, and if you have compassion for people, then you're able to see when they're struggling, right? And and you're you're able. And if you have a good culture, 
you're probably going to be able to find out why they're struggling. Maybe it is something at work. Maybe it's something at home. You mentioned an, an ailing parent or a family member before, right? If, if you have a bad culture, you're not going to know that. It's going to come out in bad CSI scores, them yelling at, a, at, a, at the parts manager for not ordering something. It's going to come out in all kinds of ugly ways, but you're not going to really know what the issue is. Amen to that, man. It's a, I think I've told this story before, but there's, I remember working with a dealership and the, an employee just was having a really, really difficult time retaining stuff. And I couldn't figure it out. I, I had tried everything trying to reach this employee. And I just was becoming so frustrated, like bashing my head against everything possible. And I was, you know, doing every, everything that I knew how to do. And I finally just said, okay, there's something more to this. There's gotta be something to happen at home. So I said, Hey, let's, let's get you out of the dealership and let's just have lunch and figure out and get you out of that situation. And then this, this person opened up and there was a whole slew of things going on at mm-hmm. home that there's no way that she, this person, he or she would have felt comfortable saying in the dealership. Yep. I was like, there we go. That's the issue. But mm-hmm. that is why this person couldn't retain anything, couldn't do anything. And was, you know, but it wasn't until you just have to once again go further and actually create a concept, but care about your employees and figure out what what exactly is going on. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, we've got uh, humility, compassion, trust, and also say empathy. Empathy is so big, and I, and that word gets thrown a lot, out a lot. But do you really know what that means, and do you really have it? That's a big, big, big one. Yeah. And, there, got, and there's a big difference between empathy and, and sympathy, right? So. <sighs> Being under, uh, being able to understand what somebody is going through, um, that's that's empathy, right? You you and and you can never feel bad enough to make somebody feel better, right? Which no. is sympathizing with somebody. Um, that that is not that that doesn't help anyone. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. So this one kind of dovetails into what we just said, but we're I believe I believe that May is Mental Health Month of Awareness mm-hmm. Memory Service. So what role does mental health play in fixed up industry? And then it's it's so taboo to talk about this. I get this. We're getting better as a society. But what role does mental health play in fixed ops industry and how can leaders prioritize the well-being of their of their team members? Yeah, so so I'll tell you I did not even notice this question on your list of questions. <laughs> um, Surprise. And so 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 look, I'll I'll go I'll call it a mental health issue but uh, I'm not shy about the fact that that I'm an alcoholic, uh, that, that I've, I, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I'm six plus years sober now. In the industry, it, it's it, it's a celebrated thing, right? To to drink, right? And and I remember when when I when I quit drinking and was telling my team that I quit drinking, and one of my technicians was like, "How are you going to work in automotive if you don't drink? <laughs> like, how are you going to possibly deal with the stresses of of this industry?" without, without alcohol. It, uh, it, it, it is getting more spoken about I don't know how great of a sentence that is, but it is more into the open, right? Which is a, a great, great thing. That is something that we need to discuss more substance abuse, mental health issues that, that people have that are going to affect their work performance, right? That they are, many times ashamed to to even talk about right because of what what they fear might happen and and we need to be able to get to the other side of that of that fear and shame to allow them to to talk about this to get the help that they need to to then have more productive employees 
right? Your, our team members, if they're in better health, are going to be much, much better at producing the results that we're hoping for. I, I just a hundred percent. And it's there. Yeah. I'm just gonna say yes, a hundred percent to all that. It is so on every aspect of it and to be, yeah, I'm not going to go too far in depth on that one. I'm just going to say, yes, it is so important on every part of that. I don't want to leave with that. Yeah. Very, very important. And you're getting a lot of shout outs on this as well. So uh, just continue doing what you're doing. So, yeah, I, I've been on the other side where you are the, the designated D for a, for a very, very long time of my life. So I, I yeah, mm-hmm. I hear you on that one. All right, sir. All right, sir. Let, let's, let's go into the next part of this. And I'm going to go with, we've talked about the skills, the mentoring, the management versus leadership. But then there's that portion of we have relationship with the vendors and that mm-hmm. rent vendor relationship. So how can fix up leaders build and maintain a positive relationship with the supplier vendors and external partners? Because that is also leading because if you're treating your, your partners like crap, you're also setting a precedent of what it's going to be in house. Yeah. So, so typically, typically, if it's somebody who's treating a, a, a vendor like crap, they're probably treating everybody else like crap mm-hmm. too, right? Yes. Um, th- there's, look, I, I don't like, I, I don't like telemarketing phone calls any more than anybody else, or, or the the solar guys knocking on my <laughs> on, on my door. Um, yes. right? I don't enjoy it, but um, I go to the door, I answer the door, and I and and I and I stop them before they start, and I say. I really appreciate that you are out here pounding the pavement, trying to make a living. I'm not interested personally in solar, so we, we don't need to have this discussion, but good job. Great work. And now continue on, right? I don't need to, I don't need to peek out the curtain like I'm not home. I don't need to slam the door in their face. I don't need to yell at them to stop coming to my house, right? The, the, and, and it's the same thing with our vendors, right? When the vendors come to the store, or they call, have the conversation with them, right? If it's not the right time for the conversation, tell them when it is the right time to have the conversation. The reality is that we need each other, right? Mm-hmm. I, I personally would not want to go back to the time when I started as an advisor to the technology that we had, which at the time we had, we, we were just moving to ADP, right? CDK with yeah. the green screens of, of writing up repair orders, Right. And that was it. That was the extent of technology that, that we had. There was nothing else. Right. You were you were handwriting a phone number onto a little key tag that you hoped you didn't lose during the day to be able to call. There, there were no no BDCs. There were no schedulers. There was there was none of this stuff to help us. Right. And all of that came about through vendors, not through not through the dealers, not through the OEMs for the most part. It came through vendors. It's a relationship that that we need, and and that does need to to be. I'll say I'll say nurtured, but but look it, in the end, the the vendors are vendors are um, parts of parts of people in vendors can be your friends, but the vendor is not the dealer's friend. It's a business partner, and it's a business relationship, right? Outs outside of that, just like in work, every every. People love to say we're one big family. That's great, but we're we're a business, right? We're a business. We we may take care of each other like family, but but we are a business. It's very true. And how you treat that person. And we've all had the 
hey, you literally just dropped in without any appointment. Probably not the best. Would you do that to yourself? Probably not. And yeah. I will be respectful of you. Now, if it's a normal, hey, we're doing business with you. It's a monthly call. All that, all that says something about who you are. And I do want to before follow up with this last question here is if anyone hasn't had a chance to check out Patrick Abad, he, they do a phenomenal job at Beaver Toyota where they literally map out everything. Okay. If you want to start out as a porter to if you want to be a fixed up director, I mean, it's all mapped out. So when we talk about all of this. Think to yourself right now, have we done anything to even remotely look at this? Are, are we looking to say, hey, this is how you go from here to here to here. Here are the steps to do it. Here's mm-hmm. what you got to do. Here's the timeline. Because if not, people, as you look at your employees, they don't know what they have to do. It's literally like, well, I might get it, but I'm not friends with that person. So because I'm not friends with that and I don't play the game, I'm never going to get to here. So map it out for them. 100% map it out to them. But Ashley says she hates the hates the key tag <laughs> campaign system. We've got Peter say start before email or even fax machines. We have we've definitely changed. Well, 100% man, yeah. Before yeah, when they when they started getting the internet leads versus fax machines started, uh, we've got and then started before yeah, we've gone come a long way since. So let's round it out with this last question before we jump into the the, the fun filled lightning round question, but. There's efficiency versus quality, right? So how can fixed op leaders effectively balance the need for efficiency and productivity with the need for quality and customer service? Uh, that's a whole podcast on it. So I know. I <laughs> yeah. Would you just wrap that up for us right there, please, Dave? Thank you. <laughs> man, oh, man. Um, if I could bottle that and sell it. Uh, <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot there in in that question, right? And that's gonna that's gonna change depending on what your store is, what the makeup of your of your store is. But but really, let's let's bring it back into it's it's the people that you have there, right? Because it doesn't matter what your process is if you don't have the right people, then the process isn't gonna work. You know, productivity and and efficiency is is all about people and process. And you need you can't have one without the other. You can have a great process with no people, not going to work very well. You can have people without the process. Sometimes it'll work. Sometimes it won't. Most times it's not going to work. I think you did a pretty good job summing that up. Uh, like I said, we could do an entire episode on that, but you did a pretty good job wrapping the whole thing up there. So c- congratulations on that one, Dave. It's not your first rodeo. <laughs> not your first rodeo. <laughs> A couple times, a couple times. Well, Dave, love everything you said. I think we've covered we've covered a whole lot. Is there anything like a main takeaway of as everyone's listening here before we jump into the fun filled lightning round question here? Any other like main takeaway, best practice that you'd want to sum up from what we've discussed thus far? I don't know if I have one main takeaway. This is this is uh this has been fun, and uh, I, I love I love everybody interacting here in the in the comments that. Uh, that has been really great. I, I hope I hope that people out there got at least one thing, right? It's so cliche, but uh, if I can help just one person in the automotive <laughs> industry, I, I hope somebody can get something that they can bring back into their store uh, and, and use today or tomorrow to help the team inside their store. Fantastic. All right. Well, with that, Dave... We're going to jump into the lightning round now. We're going to jump... The very first question I'm always going to ask is, how can people find you? LinkedIn's the easiest way to find me. And uh, is that my LinkedIn? 
Maybe for those that are watching, it's going to be a personalized LinkedIn that's going to direct to your LinkedIn and to, I think, Fixed Off Mastermind. I think it's what you sent me over. So okay. perfect. Yeah. And anybody that wants to, to reach me on uh, the old school cell phone, 774-696-4239. I mean, he's throwing down his cell phone right now. I mean, that's what we got going on now. So there we go. Okay. Next question we're going to is outside of work. Got some free time going on. What are you going to be doing with your free time? Your favorite hobby? What are you doing outside of outside of work? Um, yeah, so a couple things. Um, got a got a Bronco from uh, from Bozard Ford last year. Go Ed Roberts. Two, All right, two door uh, race red Bronco. Um, which which right now it has been nice enough in New England that the the top and the doors have been off for four days straight. And so uh, we'll be taking that um, to, to places unknown and to uh, continue visits to coffee shops around the world. Nice. I love it. Well, what, we got to know what color, what color your Bronco is. Uh, race red. Oh, you said that race red. Race red. Uh, apparently, if I'd pay attention and listen to you, I would have known that. Hello. I need some more coffee, apparently, here. All right. What is your favorite vacation spot? Wow. Pretty simple. Uh, the, the coast of Maine. Really anywhere that there's ocean. Uh, nice. it, it is good, but, uh, the, the coast of Maine, I like the, the rocky coast where you can kind of walk, walk along the rocks and the, in the cliffs and things, the, the beach, I really only do at night, uh, cause I'm, I'm an introvert, so I don't like to be <laughs> people on it. So I love the fact you say you're an introvert. Yeah. You have a podcast. So we got to figure out those two right, things I'm a, there. I'm an omnivert. Ambervert. 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 I think the name is. <laughs> Uh, Brian said, does someone say coffee? Well, for Brian, this is for you right now. It's actually, I'm actually a tea person, Brian, but this is uh, this is for you, but I, I'm very much a, a tea person. But yes, we did say coffee. Uh, and so, okay, moving on here. Next questions we've got. So we've got, we got Maine, we got beaches, intro slash omnivert. That's the first time that's been thrown down on the show here. So congratulations on that one. Let's go, whether it's in life, whether it's in business, how are you distinguishing facts from feelings? Mm. Hence the name of the Hence show. Hence the name of the show. It's over whatever direction this ends up flipping. Yes. Might be over here at this point. I'm not sure. Yeah. So so um so so for me, the 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 real the real difference is is whether um it is something that that I can affect change on. Um if if I can't affect change on it, then then it's a fact. Um doesn't mean it's right or wrong. But if, if it's something that that I can do something to affect some change on, then that is something that falls more into the feeling realm. You know, wh- whether it's whether it's feeling something is right or wrong or, or, or whatever that is. But it, so if I can affect change on it, it's a feeling. If I cannot, it's a fact. OK, I like it. I like it. OK. All right. Moving on to the next one. Let's go with. What do you love most about our industry? So uh, here's what I like most about our industry, the, 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 and, and this is a double-edged sword. I love the fact that there is a very, very low barrier to entry into this industry uh, and, and that it can take you, that low barrier of entry can allow you to go to the, the highest point in, in this industry. I worked at a group of eight dealerships that was owned by a former technician for those dealerships. All right. So you can, you can start at the bottom and become the, the highest point. 
the double-edged sword of that is some people get into this industry and go, well, I didn't need an education to get into this industry, so I don't need to bother to do any training or learning after I'm in the industry. And with any craft, man, you've got to constantly, constantly be honing that craft. Well, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. <laughs> uh, I would suggest that you continue to hone that craft, but That's how many cool. people don't hone their craft? All right, let's. I would say let's round out with your favorite car. I don't know if it's going to be the one you currently have, but what is your favorite car? But my favorite car is going to be a, a, a McLaren. Um, not, not that I own a McLaren, but that, that's going to be <laughs> but, my, but favorite, it is. <laughs> my, my favorite car. Um, so um, I, I don't think the way my driveway is set up, I could even drive it into my driveway to get it into the garage. I think I would bottom it out and it'd be stuck there. So... <laughs> <laughs> While I live here, I will never have one. Uh, Wait, Boston Cobble Roads, McLaren, I don't, they're definitely yeah. not a problem. They're not a problem yeah. at all. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. It'll work out fine, I'm sure. <laughs> no downside that at all. All right. Let's let's round it out with I, I'm gonna go on a limb and say that you've got a favorite quote. So let's end with what's your favorite quote? Uh my favorite quote I actually put into uh, a, a LinkedIn post um a little while ago, which was so you're saying there's a chance. Right? That's, <laughs> I just had all of Dumb and Dumber go through my head. Thank you for uh -huh. that. Yeah. So so um I, I realize that that's the kind of movie that it comes from. And there's all kinds of there's all kinds of great quotes out there. Um, but really, that's that's what it's all about. There's there's a, a chance out there for you to do and be whatever you want to be, uh, no matter where you are in, in your life. Um, so as long as there's that sliver of a chance. Keep going. Amen to that. Amen to that. All right. Well, Dave, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been so much fun. A side note, I have no idea what's going on with Brian and Jordan right now. Brian, Jordan, I love you guys. Roll They're call. Learning. I'm not yeah. sure we've got what's going on. There's a bunch of uh, – I'm going to have to a conversation offline, but love the comments coming in, guys. Thank you so much for the support. I am trying to follow on the side. I'm like, I don't know, but keep it up. <laughs> I love you guys so much. But Dave, thank you so much. It's so appreciate being on the show, sharing the knowledge. This is something that I know is a very much needed topic. And, and I feel like not feel this is something that we, we just can't speak enough about it because it's mm -hmm. so needed and more and more people need to hear about it. So just thank you so much. And with that, everyone find a way to serve today, find a way to help someone as always, it can be, as I say this over and over again, it can be a kind smile. It can be opening a door for someone. We have Mother's Day coming around the corner for me. From For me, anyone that knows me, this is something that's that holiday and this holiday in particular hits really home to me for a lot of reasons. So don't just text. Don't just do a post. If you have the, I, I yeah, if you have the opportunity to actually pick up the phone and call your mom, please do. Mm -hmm. it, that's that is something that so many people take for granted and please don't pick up the phone and call your mom and with that everyone we're going to get out of here and dave once again thank you so much for being part of the show today everyone have a wonderful rest of your day have a wonderful weekend we'll see everyone next week you've been listening to facts not feelings with brooke furnace thank you for taking the time to listen if you haven't already go ahead and hit that subscribe button leave us a rating if you know a friend or a colleague will benefit from today's episode, share it with them. Until next week, find a way to serve someone. Find a way to help your neighbor. Remember, we are all in this together.